Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, and congratulations, everyone. It is Friday. That is right. We have made it all the way to Friday. Happy Friday. You found Let's Ride. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know what it is. The Ride or Die crew is always strong. So is the Steel Curtain Network as a part of Fans First Sports Network, FFSN, as we're calling it. I'm excited for that launch on April 1st. I hope that you've been checking out the newest show on our network, and that is Jim Wexel's Steel City Insider. If you missed it, go back and give it a listen. You're not going to – you won't regret it. Jim's such a great storyteller. He's He's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on in Indianapolis. He was there talking to Omar Khan, all that good stuff. So go check that out, as well as all of our content on the Steel Curtain Network. And make sure you subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Search – You still have to search behind the Steel Curtain, but eventually that's going to be rolled over to Steel Curtain Network. So subscribe now so that when it rolls over, you don't have to do a thing. Let's get right to it. I I need to make a correction before we start with the topic. And we do have Jerome Betts coming up in the second half in the All Bets Are Off segment and a heart-to-heart at the end, just like we always do. But I have to make a correction. I made a mistake when I was recording my Wednesday show right before I went and did the recording. I saw the Lamar Jackson news, and I said on this podcast that it was an exclusive rights free agent, or I'm sorry, franchise tag. I was wrong. It is a non-exclusive tag. So I I don't know all the logistics of this, but this essentially means that if a team wants to obtain the services of Lamar Jackson, they can. Now, they do have to give up, I think it's two first-round draft picks, so that eliminates someone like the Miami Dolphins because they don't have a first-round draft pick this year. And the the Ravens do have a chance to match the offer, but they do have to sign Lamar Jackson to a contract. So this is interesting. It basically keeps Lamar Jackson in Baltimore at around 35 to 36, I think maybe $37 million for a year. And you know, the funny thing is there's a lot of people that are taking issue with this. I mean, every J.J. Watt, Ryan Clark, I mean, you name it, Robert Griffin III, uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman, they're all they're all going to Twitter and saying, this is ridiculous, Daniel Jones gets this much money, Lamar Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I understand your frustration. Lamar Jackson's dynamic. I understand that Lamar Jackson is a guy that he, he he's very unique. You know, he's not your typical NFL quarterback. He's also a guy that, He's been hurt a lot the last two years, and the longevity aspect of this has been in question for a long time. Nonetheless, I feel like a lot of the issues that people have with this are displaced. So people are mad at Baltimore. How dare you not give Lamar what he wants? Okay, well, what does Lamar want? It, it, people are mad that, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he's, he's, they're franchise tagging him. Blame the NFLPA for signing the collective bargaining agreement that allows them to do that. I can't believe he wants Deshaun Watson money. Don't blame anyone but the Cleveland Browns for giving Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson money. This is where people oftentimes, they they go in this route where they want to just jump on this train because everyone's bashing the Ravens or bashing this, bashing that. And they're not thinking about it and saying, well, are you really bashing the right people? I don't blame the Ravens for doing this. They've tried to negotiate a deal with him. He has turned all their negotiate all their offers down. 
there comes a point where the Ravens have to sit there and say, how how much do we really value this guy? And if their evaluation of him and their value overall of him don't match that of J.J. Watt and Robert Griffin III, sorry for your luck. They don't care. They're going to utilize this tool, this franchise tag, because they can. You can't blame a player. I, you can't blame an organization. I didn't blame the Steelers when they tagged Le'Veon Bell. Did I want them to sign him to a long-term deal first? Yes, I did. They didn't get it done. So they used this as an option. It's just displaced. You know, it's just displaced. But there's been a lot of rumors, not just with Lamar Jackson, not just with the Steelers. They're swirling all over the NFL. Players that could be cut, players that want to be released, all this stuff. And the one thing I thought of was, you know, Southside Doc, he was the guy last Wednesday gave me this question in the mailbag, and I said, I'm going to save it. And the reason I wanted to save it was because free agency is coming up. The next time we have a show, Monday, there's a good chance that the Steelers have made a move in free agency. There's a good chance on that Monday they have decided to sign someone. Maybe it's one of their own players. Maybe it's a different player. It could be any number of players. There's a good chance. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'm going to have a Monday morning conversation next week. If the Steelers go out like they did last year, they make a couple signings. That might be the focus of the show, just so you know. All right, but still, with free agency right here on the horizon, this is the talking point. And that is, how do you distinguish between real, fake, and BS Steelers news? It was a great question. And at the time when I read it, because to give you a little glimpse into how this operation works, I sit here at my desk, and when I'm doing the mailbag, I have my phone in my hand, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I'm answering questions as they come. Some people might think that I pre-read them and prepare answers. I don't. If I do, it is very, very rare. Still, what I decided to do was I'm going to give you a three-step process that you, the Steeler fan, can follow so that you don't fall into this trap of making, you know, falling for these rumors. They ha- it happens every year, okay? So it's how to distinguish the real from the fake and the BS Steelers news. Ready? Three-step process. Step number one, look at the source. Th- this might seem like the most obvious thing in the world, but for some, it's not. You have to beware Twitter, especially Twitter. There are fake accounts galore. And every single year around free agency, someone goes and they take Adam Schefter's image. They they copy that picture. They create a fake account. They say it's Adam Schefter. And then when you look at the actual handle, it is not. And everyone falls for it every single year. I've fallen for it too. I'm not blaming anyone. Use me as an example. There were times I had articles almost completely done, and then someone like Dave Schofield says, uh, Jeff, that's fake. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. I just did all this work. So sometimes you have always, always check the source. Now, if that's coming from someone like an Ian Rappaport, again, make sure it's actually Ian Rappaport. Or if it's someone like Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette who's as close to an insider as we get in the Pittsburgh Steelers realm, then maybe I get it. But still... Check the source. That is number one, step one. Step two, you got to check the type. All right, so let's say this isn't a tweet. Maybe it is. Most likely it's an article. 
Someone shares an article, first and foremost, is it just news? Are they just reporting the news, or is this a quote-unquote report or quote-unquote opinion? So if the Steelers, let's say someone writes an article that says, Steelers should sign X player in free agency, there are times where some of these outlets will eliminate should and say, Steelers sign X player in free agency. Be sure to read it carefully. Understand the type that you're talking about. So step one, check the source. Step two, check the type. And step three, for the love of all things holy, use common sense. Some of these reports are just ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. And there are times where some people, it's kind of one of those situations where blind squirrel finds a nut or the broken clock is right twice a day. Andrew Filipponi is like, he's he's public enemy number one when it comes to outlandish rumors. So if they put something out there, you absolutely can look into it, but don't take it as gospel. Don't go out and start screaming from the rooftops. I'm going to tell you how I handle this at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That website still exists, by the way. If, if Andrew Filipponi says, source says, Steelers are looking at X player. So let me give you an example. Andrew Filipponi says, Steelers are reportedly going to sign Tremaine Edmonds, free agent inside linebacker. So what I'm going to do is my article, I am not going to assume this happens. I'm going to write real big at the front, report Steelers potentially interested in Tremaine Edmonds. I'm going to try to make it as clear as possible. Not everyone does that. If you see someone that says Steelers sign Aaron Rodgers, use common sense, people. That's not going to happen. If it does, I will go down in Maryland to the Potomac River and I will jump in in just a a swimsuit at the end of March. Don't care if they sign Aaron Rodgers. I think I'm safe, though. Use common sense. So let's go over this again. The the news and the rumors are going to be swirling, so you got to be ready. Step one, check the source. Step two, and Twitter especially. Step two, check the type of the article or the report that's coming out. Step three, use that organ in between your ears, folks. It's called your brain. Use common sense, all right? You do that, you'll be able to enjoy this free agency period. You won't feel like you're missing out on anything. You didn't jump the gun the best course of action because it's tough sometimes to distinguish between real fake and bs Steelers news i hope this helps i hope what else helps is a deep dive with jeremy jerome betts in the all bets are off segment i want to ask him a lot about the combine pro days all that good stuff make sure you stay tuned and don't forget at the very end a little heart to heart we'll be right back after this break All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. It's the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? Going great, man. Glad to be on for another ep and uh, excited for our topics of conversation today. 
So are you like off of the hangover from the combine? I mean, you were working hard, man. You were doing all the breakdowns and you were watching every second of it. <laughs> I did not do any of that. Uh, so are you kind of like coming off of your high or how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, but yes, definitely coming off the, the high of the combine. It, it was busy, but it was a lot of fun. I know a lot more about all these prospects now than I did before in the combine. And, you know, you're not necessarily looking for the guy who ran the fastest 40 to get the, get the biggest hype um, and, and learn about him because of that. But uh, some of these drills do help you understand what this player is all about and what they bring to the table athletically. So it was good. And I'm excited to um, see how the, the draft boards and the, and the mock drafts kind of switch directions after the combine. Yeah. So, cause really, I'll, I'll ask you about this in a second. This is kind of like the coup de gras before the draft, you know? I mean, right. yes, there are pro days, and I'll yeah. get to that in a second. But nonetheless, you you hear people like when I had Roy Countryman on, and even Andrew Wilbar uh, said the same thing on your show, The Steelers Fix, and on my Let's Ride podcast on Monday. And mm. that was that you, that you take the combine for kind of face value. And this is something you've spoken about on this show in this segment before. Right. However... Let me run a couple scenarios by you. And I want to see if that holds up, meaning okay. I'm not trying to catch you. I just want to sure. see how you <laughs> felt. But Jordan Addison's 40 time. Okay. I mean, Kenny Pickett said, what, 4-3 is what he was expecting? Right. And he ran closer <laughs> to a 4-5? I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. But, I mean, when you when you saw that, what were your thoughts? I thought that the, oh, man, he's going to fall down draft boards. and he, He's going to easily be available at pick 32 now. And um, all that talk was kind of – overrated i mean a 449 uh that four five flat range that is plenty of speed for a wide receiver and i know he's got a slider build so you like technically if you're like um comparing body types and whatever the smaller they are you want them to be a little bit faster so that they can counteract some of that um size differential there but if you're looking at addison the type of player he is he's a separator on the route he's not a he's not a a fly down the field on go balls all day and, and beat you deep. So this type of player he is the, the wide receiver that you're hoping to get when you draft a Jordan Addison, that's all still there. Even if the, the 40 time is not eye opening. Would you agree with the sentiment speaking about Jordan Addison that mm. the Steelers already have that in Deontay Johnson a slighter build receiver built mm. off of separation isn't going to run by you. Would you say that if the Steelers were to pull the trigger on picking Addison, that you basically have the same type of player, just different ages? Yeah. I mean, it is very similar. Their, their style of play is, is they mirror each other very well. I think, um, you know, if I'm looking at a receiver in this draft with what I've got, on the team in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, I'm looking for a Juju Smith Schuster type player. Um, the guy who, if the Steelers have their pick of the wide receivers, I'm going to write an article about this for this week. If they have their, the pick of their wide receivers um, at 17, and that's the direction they want to go, then they should be looking more at Jackson Smith and Jigba than, than Jordan Addison. And I get the connection and people will kind of be like, no, if you're going to take a wide receiver, take the one that Kenny's already got a rapport with. Rapport can be built, and I think you just take the better player. And to me, 
Smith and Jigba is the better player. He's six foot one, uh, 200 pounds. He fits that mold as a slot guy who's real, real shifty, but also has the, the strength and ability to handle hits over the middle and things like that. He would fit better in the Steelers offense than Jordan Addison would. So I, I definitely agree with that sentiment there, Jeff, that you're drafting Deontay Johnson 2.0. Maybe he can be better than DJ, but that's the style of player you're getting. So let's go through another player, Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, Joey Porter Sr. is in the crowd during the second run of his 40. He runs a 4.55, five, five, I think. And they're, right. they got it. The, the camera in Peasy's face he goes, today wasn't a good running day for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that's a tough dad. That's a tough dad to please. But still, so you see him on a four or five. I'm like, man, I think that's Christian Gonzalez is blowing the doors off of people right, right. now. Like, do you think his stock that dropped him a little bit? Or what are your thoughts? I'd say that like Christian Gonzalez definitely moved his stock up because he combines basically everything you get in Joey Porter Jr. now with elite speed that you were looking for. So um, JPJ not having super elite speed, it doesn't bother me that much either because he's he's an in-your-face type corner. He's going to win with physicality. He's an Ike Taylor type player. Um, So, you know, you're not looking for him to run with everybody. But what he's going to do is he's going to make receivers and quarterbacks think twice before – putting the ball in play on his side of the field. So when you look at the style of player, it can ease your concerns a little bit. Um, you would have liked to see him run faster. He might try to run again at his pro day where times typically are a little faster and just maybe ease some of those concerns for scouts. But I think if if you're the Steelers and you're hoping that Joey Porter Jr. falls to you at 17, he had the absolute perfect combine for that. He was just kind of meh with all of the fit, the uh, the speed and – and jumps and you know the drills like that but when you saw him flipping his hips on the field and when you saw him breaking down from from uh back pedal to full sprints uh, down the field he was as smooth as anyone so i think that's that's where he's going to earn his money in just the fact that he's a physical corner on the on the perimeter this isn't the prospect to watch we'll do that at the end of the segment i want to ask you though after you watch the combine you watched every player every position yeah is there a player that you can think of that saw their stock absolutely plummet? I'm not talking mm. about Joey Porter Jr. might have gone from 12 to 14 or 17. I'm talking right. about, holy cow, this guy looked like a piece of garbage. I can't believe he was even invited. Was there that guy? Because if there was, I'd have heard about it. Yeah, I don't think so. Andrew but- Wilbar called someone a fat piece of crap, basically, <laughs> on the Tuesday Steelers Fish yeah, podcast. Just so you know, in case someone See- missed... Andrew yeah. Wilbar basically called a guy a fat piece of crap. So <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you continue. <laughs> yeah, I'd say Siaki Ika is he'd be the closest to that. That's who Andrew Wilbar is referring to. I mean, <laughs> 350 pounds. Um, and he did not run well, and he did look like he was are they supposed to run well shape. at 350 though? <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing to me is like I don't think he killed killed his stock, but I wouldn't be surprised if a team's like uh, I'm going to go for a more athletic guy in the second or third round and see if he's still available in the fourth round. Uh, but if you get him in the fourth round and he becomes a Vita Vea type player uh, in the middle or a Casey Hampton type player, you know, not necessarily saying all pros or, or pro bowls even, but just a solid piece in the center of your defense that stops the run that I think he's, he's still fine. Teams might get a little better value for him. Now I'm, I'm trying to think, like in the wide receivers, um, 
I'd have to say maybe uh, Kayshawn Boutte from from LSU. He, Jeff, he is a hundred and like sixty pounds, so he's a tiny, tiny dude, five eleven, um, and he ran a four five. He didn't jump very well. Um, and you were, he was really expected to kind of blow the roof off with some of his numbers and he's had some character concerns coming out of, of college. Um, there's this whole thing where he's having to declare early because they wouldn't let him back into to school to play. So, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where he hoped his stock would rise from his play from his combine performance. And it absolutely did not, he did not show out at all. So in a, in a, position group where there's a lot of guys kind of in the same area. There's kind of a cluster of, of these guys, you know, he did not separate himself in a good way. I think he separated himself himself in a bad way. I mean, you talk about this. I mean, you said 160 some pounds. I brought this up because I wrote this article on Wednesday for the website and it was uh, Todd McShay's latest mock draft. Yeah. (laughs) He marked the Steelers to pass on Joey Porter Jr. and take Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Here's what he said. Forbes is flying up my board just like he flew in the 40-yard dash on Friday night posting a 4-3-5. Has great ball production, picking off 14 passes, breaking up 18 more over three season. seasons. That fits the Steelers well, who led the league in 20 interceptions with 20 interceptions last season, but could lose mm-hmm. Cameron Sutton to free agency. Forbes also measured in at 6'1 one and 166 <laughs> pounds. Are you yeah. kidding me? He said it might scare some teams off in round one. Yeah, you think so? The dude's 6'1", right. 166 pounds. I'm 5'9", I weigh 170. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't get this at all. I mean, yeah, me I, neither. you know, if you listen to the Steelers, uh, the Steel City Insider podcast, uh, with Jim Wexel on Wednesday at noon, mm-hmm. they talked about how some guys uh, they lighten up to try and run faster at the combine, and then they'll go back into the weight room, really starting to put on weight because they don't have to worry right. about that forty time as much. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but I'm sorry when you're <laughs> talking about an NFL player being 160 plus pounds, like barely. I've got my reservations. Like I really do. <laughs> right. Especially with how much the Steelers rely on their corners to come up and play and run support. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got, you've got the guys with the ball skills. In my opinion, go get the guy who can be a, a lockdown physical corner at this point. So I didn't agree with that at all from McShay, especially with uh, Porter Jr. Still on the board. That was, that just to me felt like McShay's like, man, everybody else has mocked. Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers uh, in this last round. I'm not going to do that. So he just kind of shoved something in there last minute. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it seemed like. But let me run through this scenario for those out there that are listening. So let's say Emmanuel Forbes, he plays for another team. Let's say he gets drafted by the Ravens. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. He weighs roughly 170 pounds. Najee Harris breaks off a run to the outside. And it's one-on-one, 232-pound Najee Harris against 170-pound cornerback. Who wins that battle? I will say (laughs) 9 out of 10 times, and maybe even 10 out of 10. You know exactly who wins that battle. But okay, That's another I'll, Najee yeah. Harris stiff arm into oblivion <laughs> highlight reel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. You brought this up earlier, and I wanted to add – I was going to talk about it anyways. It's a good segue – you brought up pro days because now the pro day schedule is going to kick up. 
And right. what I find fascinating about pro days is not the players times. I just want to see who's there. Where right. does Mike Tomlin go? Where does Omar Khan go? Where is Andy Weedle? It's kind of like for those of us that are old enough, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That's what it reminds <laughs> me of. You probably right. don't remember that. You're probably where's Waldo. That, yeah, exactly. Where's Waldo folks <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So that's what I find fascinating about is where, because you know, when, when the, when the front office brass is there, they're right. paying attention. So when you think about athletes though, not so much the Steelers front office and where they go, when you think about athletes or testing, what exactly do you think as it pertains to pro days, maybe compared to the combine? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if, if you're talking some specific positions, pro days are pro days are all about the quarterbacks from those schools um, and the wide receivers. If a ball hits the ground uh, on anything other than some type of insane throw try that somebody's that somebody's putting up a prayer for, you know, there, there's concerns because, you know, how if they can't hit the target in stride when, when there's nobody there and they've been practicing this for weeks and weeks and weeks and played with these guys uh, for two or three years, then, you know, w- what are the issues that we're going to have to solve about this? Um, you know, a lot of players wait till their pro day to, um, to weigh in, you know, and, and maybe put on some of that weight that they, that they, that they took off for the combine. Some of them wait for their jumps and things like that until maybe they've had a little more time to, to mess with their weight or, or practice their, um, their jumps a little better. So I think you're just, you're just kind of looking at, like you said, this is about where the interest lies from the, from the teams. And you're, you're talking about players that, that show up and they have their, their sets that they're going to do. And the, these teams, they want to see them excel uh, and excel a lot in, in these drills. So pro days to me are, are just kind of the, the icing on the cake, if you will, for the prospects, but for the teams in question, where they show up is, a, it plays a huge role. We saw Mike Tomlin at the Georgia pro day last year. And we all thought, Oh, he's there looking at the defensive tackles. He's there looking at, you know, some of these linebackers and stuff, but who caught his eye, George Pickens. And he became their second overall pick or second round pick in that draft. And, um, you know, what a player he's turned out to be. So uh, that's just kind of where, where it falls for me. Speaking of pro days, this thing is heating up quick. It started on March 7th, Indiana, excuse me, had their first pro day. March 8th had several teams. March 9th, you got Purdue, uh, Texas <laughs> has their pro day. March 10th is where you're starting to get Illinois. There's some big prospects yeah. there. I'm, I'm definitely have... going to Texas if I'm Tomlin and, and, uh, okay. Con. I'm definitely going okay. to Texas. I mean, the, the big ones are a little bit later down the road. Clemson yeah, is March 14th, but still, I'm going to have this article on the website. It'll probably run. Uh, it's probably already out there, if I'm being honest with you. By the time you hear yeah. this, it's probably already been published. So make sure you check that out so that you have all the, the latest information in regards to the pro days. But Jeremy, thank you all as always. Why don't you let everyone know what you have coming up, not only on next week's Steeler Fix, but also on the website. Uh, did you want the prospect of the week? Oh my before, gosh, I forgot. I do yes, that? do that. Okay. Do that. Yes. Yeah. Just real quick, I had a guy pick I'm excited about him, so I want to talk about him. Um, Yaya Diaby, great name out of Louisville. I don't know, J- uh, Jeff, if you saw anything about his combine, but listen to the, some of these numbers, all right? Six foot three, 263 pounds. He's an outside linebacker. 34 inch arms, uh, 10 and a half inch hands. So this guy is 
a physical specimen. He looks like a, a Greek god statue on the field. <laughs> um, at 263 pounds, Jeff, he ran a 4 5 one, 40. Wow. And he j- had a vertical jump of 37 inches and a broad jump of 10 inches or 10 feet. 10 inches, that would be bad. <laughs> uh, 10 foot broad jump. This guy is explosive out of Louisville. He had a uh, 90% uh, athleticism score at the combine, which ranked second out of all the linebacker or the outside linebackers DNs. Um, his college production score ranked sixth of all the DNs in the combine in Indy. So this guy is, he should rocket up some draft boards just because uh, you saw some, some really good production out of him in college. And he's just so physically built that he he's going to be a tear at the next level. If he can add some refinement to what's already a deadly uh, power and speed rush. So get him some hand usage work. And, and this guy could be a steal in the middle portion of the draft. Good stuff, man. Thank you for always everything. Let everyone know what you got coming up. Sorry. I uh, forgot the prospect of the week. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I'm going to have that article about Jackson Smith and Jigba versus Jordan Addison. Um, I'm going to release my top five players at each position here in the next week or two. And then um, I, I'm hoping to get something done as well for the uh, for the free agency, the first cycle of that. Um, you know, it's it's the, I just don't want to oversaturate it. You know, <laughs> we yeah, have so much it. so much content coming out. Uh, so, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 and then uh, the Steelers fix heating up with all this combine talk. And we had a, a fantastic show this last Tuesday. If you haven't heard it yet go back and listen. It's, it's It will be well worth your time. Yes, a great episode for sure. And by the next time we talk, there might be some new faces in the pit in the Steel City. So we'll yep, be absolutely. ready to go for that. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you for the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, Jeff. All right, you do. All right, Steeler fans, big thank you to Jeremy, as always, for taking the time every Friday to talk about the Steelers and the draft. I know this – he and Andrew Wilbar, they just love this stuff. I mean, they, they just they, they live for it. Not for me necessarily, but he does. So thank you very much, Jeremy, as always. Let's finish this with a heart-to-heart. I've said this before, but I want to say this again before free agency. Folks, if you're thinking about the Steelers in a certain way as the, as the NFL free agency period approaches, please, 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 please. Put the past precedent and your opinions aside because we'd have a new general manager at the helm so when Omar Khan takes over we don't know what it's going to look like we don't know if he's going to basically be status quo and we don't know if we're really going to be dealing with something crazy so it's one of those situations where just take it at face value this is the first go around with this thing so don't think that he's going to run things the same way as Kevin Colbert did don't think that he's going to do anything in particular because we just don't know We don't know. So you have to be able to put that past precedent and that opinion aside, and let's see what Omar Khan can do. I hope it's good stuff. We all hope it's good stuff. We're all Steeler fans. You know, Monday, I I said at the beginning of the show that I might not have a Monday morning conversation. There's a good chance I will. I've got to figure it out. It's got to be right. You know, the Monday is is a weird day because the, the, the tampering period starts, but my show will be out before that. So we'll probably get you a Monday morning conversation. I just got to figure that out. In the meantime, have a great weekend, and you know how we finished it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend. Good to you.